Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg is now in your dashboard with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah, it's free with the latest version of the Bloomberg Business app. Gives you access to every Bloomberg podcast, live audio feeds from Bloomberg Radio, plus hear the latest headlines at the click of a button with Bloomberg News Now. Yeah, it's the Bloomberg Business app. Get it on your phone in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Just download the app, connect your phone to your car, and get started. It's presented by our sponsor, Interactive Brokers. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest developments in the war in the Middle East. The Pentagon says the U.S. has carried out an airstrike on a weapons warehouse in eastern Syria. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says the self-defense strike was in retaliation for attacks on American forces in Iraq and Syria. Meanwhile, Israel says some 50,000 more Palestinians have fled to southern Gaza as Israel's army pushes deeper into Hamas strongholds in the north of the territory. All this as former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton says both Israel and the Palestinians need new leadership. So I think you have to create the uh, environment in which there is a chance uh, to revitalize the peace process and a potential for a two-state solution. Hamas is not interested in a two-state solution. They are dedicated to the destruction of Israel. That is in their charter. If you've been watching uh, lots of different outlets over the last month, that is what the leaders of Hamas say. You know, they want to destroy Israel. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton added that while Israel is unlikely to agree to a ceasefire that would benefit Hamas, it probably will accept pauses to allow aid to reach civilians in Gaza. Clinton made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's editor-in-chief John Micklethwaite at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. Well, Nathan, the war in the Middle East was a major topic at last night's Republican presidential debate in Miami. The five candidates on the NBC stage were united in support of Israel, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I would be telling Bibi, finish the job once and for all with these butchers, Hamas. They're terrorists. They're massacring innocent people. But there were divides over aid to Ukraine and how to approach China. Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley had a sharp exchange over banning TikTok. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. And Nikki Haley and the other candidates also went after frontrunner Donald Trump for skipping the debate. uh, Jeannie Shanzano is a politics contributor for Bloomberg. She said he was a good president for the time, but he is not the right president for now. And then she pointed to the fact that he created $8 trillion in debt. He's wrong on Ukraine now. And the fact that we can't live in the past. Jeannie Shianzano notes the former president held a rally 10 miles away rather than appearing on the debate stage. 
Meanwhile, Nathan, House Republicans have issued subpoenas to members of President Biden's family. The move to subpoena the president's son, Hunter, and brother, James, comes as Republicans look to gain ground in their nearly year-long investigation. So far, they have failed to uncover evidence directly implicating the president in any wrongdoing. Now to the latest developments, Karen, in the New York fraud trial of Donald Trump. His daughter, Ivanka's day on the witness stand was filled with denials of any knowledge of her family's net worth calculations. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. She says she didn't know that her dad was claiming a net worth of more than $4 billion as she tried to get a loan for the Doral Golf Club in Florida. She flatly says she's not involved in his personal financial statements. Attorney General Letitia James says not true. Ivanka Trump secured and negotiated loans um, to obtain favorable terms based on fraudulent statements of financial condition. And she says the Trumps cannot hide from the truth. The attorney general has rested. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, from New York to Hollywood, the Actors' Union has reached a deal with studios to end its strike. And we get the latest from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. The vote by the union's theatrical committee was unanimous. Common ground was found on issues ranging from the use of artificial intelligence to payment from streaming services. And now, after four months, the strike by some 160,000 actors is over. The previously striking screenwriters have been back on the job for more than a month, so now production of scripted TV shows and movies can resume. And like the writers, the Actors' Union benefited from direct involvement in the talks by some of the most powerful people in Hollywood. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner. Bloomberg Radio. All right, Doug, thanks. Now, some of those most powerful people included Bob Iger, and the settlement comes the same day Iger's Walt Disney Company posted fourth quarter profit that beat analyst estimates. Disney also says it'll cut an additional $2 billion in expenses. Bob Iger says his company will also launch a beta trial bundle of Disney Plus and Hulu next month. We expect that Hulu on Disney Plus will result in increased engagement, greater advertising opportunities, lower churn, and reduce customer acquisition costs, thereby increasing our overall margins. And right now, shares of Bob Iger's Walt Disney Company are higher by 4% in early trading. Well, Nathan, another CEO is making news this morning. Bank of America's Brian Moynihan said his company has a succession plan in place and that nothing is left to chance in deciding on his eventual replacement. Moynihan, who made the remarks at the Reuters Next Conference, took the helm in 2010 in the wake of the global financial crisis. And there's another bank in the spotlight this morning, Karen. That would be Morgan Stanley. Its wealth management business is under Federal Reserve scrutiny. Sources say the New York-based bank's top regulators pressing whether the firm is taking adequate measures to prevent potential money laundering by wealthy clients outside the U.S. Representatives for the Fed and Morgan Stanley declined to comment. And it's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Former President Donald Trump did skip the third GOP debate in Miami, instead holding a campaign rally about 10 miles away in Hialeah. 2024 is our final battle. Stand with me in the fight. We will finish the job that we started so brilliantly seven years ago. We never had a country like we had just three years ago. Meantime, a judge in Michigan expected to hear arguments today on whether the Secretary of State there has the authority to keep Donald Trump's name off state ballots for president. 
Various groups have filed similar lawsuits in other states, portraying Trump as the inciter of the January 6th Capitol riot. They point to part of the Constitution that prohibits a person from running for federal office if they've engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Industry regulators say power grids that supply more than half the U.S. population may run short of electricity during an extended cold snap or severe storm over the coming winter. That story in this report from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The North American Electric Reliability Corp. says regional system operators in a vast swath of the country stretching from Texas to New England are at risk of insufficient electricity supplies during peak winter conditions. The report came in a winter reliability assessment which also showed Quebec and Saskatchewan facing the threat of power shortfalls. The outlook is even more dire than last year's report, which said a quarter of Americans were at risk of cold weather power emergencies. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. The population of the U.S. will climb to about 370 million in 2080 before reversing course and starting to fall before the turn of the century. This is according to new Census Bureau projections. In the Bureau's most likely scenario, the number of people 65 or older will overtake the number under 18 in just six years. And a 1932 painting by Pablo Picasso, Femme a la Montre, sold for $139.3 million last night at Sotheby's in New York. In a stroke, it becomes the second most expensive piece by the artist to sell at auction. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as John said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now. Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Karen, the NBA took Tuesday off to let everyone vote. Back with a busy night on Wednesday, including showdowns in the East and West. Both games won by home teams by three points. In Philadelphia, the Sixers made it six wins in a row. They beat the Celtics 106-103. to They lost to Boston in the second round of last year's playoffs when they blew a 3-2 series lead. The Sixers have the best record in the East. And the Denver Nuggets, defending NBA champs, have the best record in the league, 8-1. They beat Golden State 108-105. to Nikola Jokic scored 35 points. Klay Thompson couldn't get a shot off at the buzzer as he tried to tie the game. Victor Wembanyama's first game in New York, it didn't go well. He scored only 14 points, shot only 4 of 14. The Spurs lost to the Knicks 126 to 105. The Lakers got blown out at Houston, lost by 34. Lakers are 0-5 on the road. Shea Gilgis-Alexander poured in 43 points for Oklahoma City in a win over Cleveland. Capitals lost in overtime. Florida won 4-3. Ron Washington, a 71-year-old baseball lifer, named the new manager of the Los Angeles Angels. He managed the Texas Rangers for eight years, won a couple of pennants there, but he has not managed in the big leagues since 2014. Not a great NFL game tonight. Chicago and Carolina. The Bears will again be quarterbacked by the undrafted rookie Tyson Badge in third straight week as Justin Fields not ready to return from the injured thumb. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We want to take you to Singapore now and the Bloomberg New Economy Forum, where world leaders have been weighing in on the economy and geopolitical risks, including former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. She sat down with Bloomberg News Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite to discuss Israel, Ukraine, China, and the future of the United States. They began with a discussion on President Biden's upcoming meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Part of the reason it was you know, somewhat more... Um, positive uh, when I was there, and we had a, a very regular set of meetings, uh, is because uh, Hu Jintao was a Chinese leader who decided he would not stay for life. He would fulfill his term. He would follow the guidance of the Chinese Communist Party. There would be a transition, a new group of leaders, you know, some holdovers, but, you know, other new faces. Uh, would be uh, in power. And so there could be a constant uh, renewing of both the Chinese government and, through that, the American uh, relationship. Once Xi Jinping decided to stay in office for life, that creates a, a lot of um, you know, challenges within their own system, and I think we're seeing some of that. And so part of what I, I hope will come out of this meeting is an attitude by uh, President Xi that, you know, he wants to get back to some kind of regular order, uh, that he sees it in China's interest to uh, really dig in with uh, President Biden, uh, develop a, a, a platform for discussions, for problem solving, really sending that signal. I think he will find a receptive uh, partner with President Biden if, if that's available. Israel and Hamas, I think you are in favor of a humanitarian pause or pauses, but you're against the ceasefire, which many people in this region are asking for. You know, the numbers of dead are rising rapidly, 10,000, according to Hamas, admittedly. But you still got like 89 dead at the UN, which is a gigantic number for the United Nations, the Red Crescent and so on. Can you perhaps explain why you're, you're, you, you don't want a ceasefire? There is a difference between uh, a ceasefire, which would, in effect, uh, freeze the situation uh, in Hamas's favor. I negotiated a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in November of 2012. And at that point, both parties uh, did not want to go any further. Uh, the breaching of uh, a pre-existing ceasefire by Hamas with rockets uh, being sent into Israel had not caused a lot of damage. And there also had not been the development of the infrastructure of terror that Hamas has built in Gaza. I don't know any nation represented at the New Economy Forum faced with the kind of assault that Israel was faced with by Hamas 
that would not be, number one, defending itself, and number two, trying to prevent it from happening again. Because with every other ceasefire, it did happen again until finally we got uh, to the breach of a ceasefire, which was in existence on October 7th with the terrible attack by Hamas. So a ceasefire, if it were possible, which frankly I don't think is possible, I don't think, you know, Israel is, is interested in a ceasefire at this point, uh, but they are perhaps willing to have what we do call humanitarian pauses for the purpose of both getting aid in to try to assist the civilians in uh, Gaza, but also getting the more than 240 hostages out. You know, these hostages are not just Israeli. One of the biggest groups of hostages are workers from Thailand who are working on farms in Israel. So there is a global dimension to the hostages that a pause could perhaps uh, inspire uh, some willingness on the part of Hamas to let the hostages go. Uh, but a ceasefire that would freeze the situation uh, at this point uh, is not something that uh, is going to, you know, really undermine Hamas's capacity, especially with 200 miles of tunnels that they have constructed over the last decade, uh, to launch yet another attack on Israel. And that would be intolerable. And I think it would be intolerable for, you know, any nation represented at the forum. There seem to be kind of two big theories going on about this war. One is that this is the end of the peace process. The other, which you, you've championed, the other is that this is, if nothing else, this will prompt finally some move towards a two-state solution. Which, which, which side of that do you fit on? Well, I actually try to fit on both. And I'll tell you, John, I think uh, it's important to have some uh, aspiration, some goal that we can look toward. Uh, many of us, uh, my husband particularly, worked very hard on trying to get a two-state solution. And it frankly, in retrospect, is heartbreaking that uh, Yasser Arafat walked away from the uh, deal that Bill had brokered between Israel and the Palestinian Authority back in uh, 2000. There could have been a Palestinian state um, on up to 97% of the land from the 1948 division uh, that would have been in existence for 23 years now. So I think you have to create the uh, environment in which there is a chance uh, to revitalize the peace process and a potential for a two-state solution. Hamas is not interested in a two-state solution. They are dedicated to the destruction of Israel. That is in their charter. If you've been watching uh, lots of different outlets over the last month, that is what the leaders of Hamas say. You know, they want to destroy Israel. So Hamas is not a partner for any kind of peace or two-state solution, but the Palestinian Authority might one time again be. New leadership uh, in Gaza might again be. So we have to get to a point where that's possible. Do you think that Benjamin Netanyahu is a partner for a two-state solution? I don't think there is any evidence of that. I think the Israeli people will have to decide uh, about his leadership. I think there will be investigations about what led up to and what happened on October the 7th. But I, I think there needs to be new leadership of the Israelis and the Palestinians uh, in order to have any chance at some kind of uh, peace deal, uh, especially a two-state solution. There's one area, just uh, one serious, I'll ask you one serious one, then, then a slightly more amusing one. But on the, the serious side, you, you look at things like Ukraine at the moment, there is definitely a strategy among America's enemies. You could see Putin waiting, perhaps for Trump, trying to dig in and wait. But also, 
I think also counting on Congress, where you feel that Congress feels overextended. It's got the border, it's got what's happening in Israel. Do you worry about America feeling as if it's overextended and unable to carry out the kind of global policies that you believed in? Well, up until now, the Biden administration has done quite a remarkable job. I mean, they put together uh, a coalition to support Ukraine, which I think many people would have thought unlikely when Biden uh, took office. Uh, so I, I do think the legislative agenda that uh, Biden got passed is also another very strong indicator of being able to get things done. I do agree with you that uh, it is going to be challenging in the Congress to get more funding for Ukraine, to provide the funding Israel needs, to provide the kind of uh, support that is required to keep our alliances strong around uh, the world. But at the end of the day, I think the president will get that. And I also think there's an opportunity for the president because the Republicans in the Senate have said, you know, we're on board with all of this, but we want to make some changes at the border. I think that, you know, the Democrats should negotiate to see what kinds of changes would be palatable for the Democrats in order to secure the border, in order to make it clear that, you know, Democrats want a secure border and a humane system uh, for people uh, who are trying to enter the United States, but we want it to be orderly. Um, so I think there, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, tough negotiation at the end. I think the president will get what he needs. One, one very last thing. On the Republican side, you will have noticed um, how much traction Nikki Haley has been getting as a woman who was the American ambassador to the UN. Do you think that if Biden was to stumble, there might be room for another woman with slightly more foreign experience? policy experience? <laughs> well, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I uh, hope Biden doesn't stumble. I hope that uh, he, uh, he goes all the way to, you know, the finish line, because I think he's earned it. He deserves it. And, uh, you know, honestly, the only real argument or complaint is that he's old. And, and, and you know what? Um, I, I think everybody who's his age would be uh, very happy if they were as productive as he is and has gotten as much done as he has and traveled the schedule he's traveled. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, going to continue to support him, and I think he's our best uh, candidate for 2024. And that was former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton speaking with Bloomberg News Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.